Podcast Answer Man, episode number 284. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Leo Laporte of This Week in Tech, and you're listening, (laughs) you're smart, to Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode, there's something we can all do to take our show and everything else we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends. I am so delighted to be back yet again with another episode of Podcast Answer Man. Today, answering five of your questions coming in from the voicemail feedback hotline. I'll real quickly tell you right here at the front of the show, the voicemail feedback hotline and how you can leave feedback if you're not aware of that. The phone number is 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. And if you already have some great podcasting equipment or gear in front of you, why not go ahead and record that as an MP3 file and then attach that as an email to me over here at feedback at podcastanswerman.com or feedback at gspn.tv. Either way works. Also, you could go to podcastanswerman.com slash feedback if you have a microphone attached to your computer and you can use the speak pipe option, which a couple people did this week. So very excited about all of those. Again, you can go to the contact page over at podcastanswerman.com. It's got that information at the bottom of that page. Hey, real quickly, I want to let you know this week I learned, or this past week, I learned something huge Something so exciting, and it's related to the podcast and new media expo. Actually, it's the new media expo. I'm still calling it the podcast new media expo, and I have no idea why. But anyway, it is the old blog world event now known as new media expo, and the biggest announcement in, I think, all of the announcements that have been made, and and, you know, them changing the name from blog world over to new media expo was pretty huge, I, I must admit. However, this new announcement, I am most excited about it, and that is the fact that there is now going to be one event to rule them all. That is right, my friends, one event each year for New Media Expo instead of two. Now, I imagine that this might not be as great news for some people, especially those of you who live in New York City. For the last two years, they have had a West Coast event and a, or an Uh, East Coast event as well, and that East Coast event has been held for the last two years in New York City. And so for those of you who live in New York, uh, Boston, New Jersey, you know, in, in that part of the country, it's been very nice for you guys to be able to just, you know, pop in for a couple days and stay with friends, or you might just be able to just take the subway or a train right into the conference seats today. Now, for many other people like myself, we, you know, we'd have to, you know, stay in a hotel in New York City, which is not inexpensive, and, you know, make flight reservations to to travel to get there and stuff like that, which is totally cool. And and you know, something that I, you know, I've gone the last 2 years to the NYC event. I've gone the last uh well, I went last year to the LA event, to the West Coast event. And it's and and it's been great. The only thing is as the you know when they brought me in as a contractor to to work with them as the director of podcasting for New Media Expo and asked me to do anything I could to help bring the podcasting community back to or to this conference and create a podcasting track um I I was delighted to do that and I did that when there were you know when there's this understanding that there would be two events there'd be the West Coast event and the East Coast event and I would have to put together a track of speakers, a podcasting track for two events each year. 
And I will tell you that that is a lot of work. It's a, it's actually a whole lot more work than I anticipated. I'm not complaining. It's been very beneficial to everyone involved, including myself. But it is a lot more work than I thought it would be. Uh, getting the podcasting community to buy in was not an easy task. And I'm so thrilled that even up till now, even with the fact that there had been two events, and the, as far as anybody knew, there would always be two events each year, I, I was shocked to see the amount of buy-in that we got from the podcasting community. You know, we had a great turnout at NYC this year. We were going to have a great turnout even without this uh, announcement uh, in Las Vegas, and and things seem to be going pretty well. The thing is, though, there are when you think about two events, you do have this this situation where it's like, hey, come to this event. This is this conference, New Media Expo is the home it is it is the industry conference for the podcasting community this is this is the industry leading conference for the podcasting industry and and so that was that was easy to communicate that was easy to um, have people grab hold of and and I'm thrilled to see how many people have but what wasn't easy is this idea of saying well the and this quote unquote conference has two events every year. And many podcasters and also bloggers and web TV producers out there are not going to be able to go to two events every single year uh, or every year. You know, some people aren't even able to make it to one of them. But if there were one, my thought, my, my thinking is that it'd be easier to get more people to go to one than it would be to get people to go to one of two. Certainly easier than to get people to go to both. So here's the here's my thinking on this. You know, if I were, let's just say I were a podcaster who is, you know, into this for more than just a hobby. You know, th- th- for me this is, and I'm just theoretically thinking about myself prior to going into this full-time, doing podcasting full-time. But back in... I'm going to I'm going to say my um, let's say my June 2007 self. I was six months away uh, from. I was actually that's actually three months before I even made the decision that I was going to quit my career in insurance to do podcasting full time. So even in June of 2006, I had not made that decision. I was I was working in insurance full time. I was podcasting a lot. I was still, at the time, I was probably producing about five to seven podcast episodes a week of various different shows. So podcasting wasn't just a hobby. Uh, it, it was actually producing a little bit of income and, and stuff like that. So, so it was something serious for me. I was taking it seriously. And maybe in the back of my mind, there was this dream that, hey, in five years from now, I'm going to maybe see if I can't tr- transition into making podcasting a little bit more of a, a career for myself. It, I don't know how that would be possible, but that thought was in the back of my mind in June of 2000, actually 2007 is what I meant to say, 2007. Um, I did not, <laughs> I can't believe that six months after that, I was actually doing podcasting full-time as a career. But anyway, if you were to say, hey, Cliff, I want you to come out to, you know, New Media Expo or Blog World at the time. This is the industry conference for podcasters. Uh, you know, at, you know, everybody who's a podcaster knows about this conference and it's a pretty big deal. And it's a place to network with other people who are serious about podcasting as well and blogging and other forms of new media content creation. Well, if you were to tell me that and you say, okay, and there is there are two events. There's one in on the East Coast and there's one on the West Coast. And I and and then all of a sudden I would say, okay, well, maybe in my decision process, I might think, well, who's going to be there? Who am I going to network with? You know, there's this opportunity to maybe hang out with CC Chapman or you know, maybe Leo Laporte will be there, maybe Victor Calle and and uh, Callie Lewis and and all of these other people that I, I, you know, I've heard and listened to, maybe Father Roderick, maybe, maybe some of these other podcasters that I've come to listen to that I would love to meet face to face. I'd love to sit down and have 
uh, a, a great conversation with them and and to kind of you know spend three or four days hanging out with these people that would be awesome but then I would say okay well let's find out let me reach out to these people hey are you going to new media expo yes I'll be at the NYC event I'm not going to be able to make it to the west coast one because it's too far to travel blah 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 and I you know I can't afford two conferences and then you reach out to somebody yeah I'm going to be at the west coast but I won't be at the east coast and you start making a list of who's going to go where and you think it's like well you know what there's okay there's a couple people here there's a couple people over at this event and i don't know i don't know I, I, you know either each of them individually is almost enough to get me to go but i don't know which one to choose over the two and to be honest with you, I kind of hate the idea that i might have to make this decision i might put that decision off long enough and not actually attend either of them. Or I would potentially choose one, and then in the back of my mind, always think, did I make the right decision? Would would I have done better in networking opportunities had I gone to the other conference? And and this is very much the mindset that I had back in June of 2007. Well, this is the mindset that I imagine many people who have had since I've become the director of podcasting for New Media Expo and the fact that I've been promoting that there's an East Coast and a West Coast event. Well, um, and, and of course, I shared this with, you know, these thoughts with Rick and Rick and I had some conversations a while ago and he says, well, Cliff, uh, you know, keep this under wraps. But, you know, we were having conversations about some possibilities about, you know, changing things up. And, well, I can tell you that in the final week of October on the New Media Expo blog, they actually announced that it's official. There is now only going to be one event or one conference event each year for New Media Expo. Uh, There is no longer going to be a a West Coast and an East Coast event. Instead, it's going to be one one event held once a year in Las Vegas. And in my mind, this is huge because now... It's like, well, maybe I I might be able to afford to attend one of them. Uh, you know, it, you know, this theoretical person. I might be able to afford one of them, but I'm I know I can't afford two and I don't know which one to choose. And then all of a sudden you think, oh, well, now there's only one event. And now everybody else, once they hear that there's only one event, a lot of people are gonna say, Well, that's the one event that I'm going to. And the great news is that you know, attending an event in Las Vegas is a whole lot less expensive than attending an event in New York City. Well, except for, and again, I mentioned these folks in the beginning, except for those of you who live in, you know, uh, New York City or um, uh, New Jersey or Boston or somewhere else over there. I mean, it, it's obviously, it's, it, you, you could probably pull that off. And so again, this may not be great news for everyone, but for those of us who live on the East Coast and would probably need to fly in or drive eight to ten hours into New York City anyway, this this would end up being a lot less expensive. And it's one event, and that means everybody, all the things are happening in this one place. The other thing that this is huge for me is this is now one event. It's one place that I can invite everyone to go to from the podcast mastermind or from the Podcast Answer Man and gspn.tv community. You know, I, I have, you know, these meetups all over the place, and, you know, now, especially with my Podcast Mastermind, I'm like, I, I can't wait to tell them, and of course, many of them are hearing it right here, right now, uh, but I can't wait to tell them. It's like, listen, you know, if you had plans on not going to Jan- to Vegas in January, and, and you know, just waiting until the next event in NYC to come around. It's not coming around. Come to Vegas. It's going to be awesome. I hope everybody comes to Vegas this year. Be- and, and let's make it a plan. Let's make this a big hurrah. Let's make this a big to-do each year. Let's come together and converge in Vegas and have this wonderful time together uh, face-to-face. This, is, this can be one meetup every year that we have as a community. Um, and, and the, I would do that for the podcast mastermind and then I would have something for the, you know, the GSPN community as a whole. It's like, listen, you know, I'd, I'd love to see if I can't even work it out to where we can get Stephanie to come out and, 
you know, and I don't know. I, I mean, it won't be easy with, you know, arranging things for the kids and stuff like that. But anyway, I'm pretty excited about the fact that this is going to be one event to rule them all. And if you have not signed up already for New Media Expo, this would be a perfect time to sign up. In fact, if you want to, you can go to podcastanswerman.com slash NMX for New Media Expo. That is my affiliate link, by the way, podcastanswerman.com slash NMX. Or you can just click on the, uh, there's a New Media Expo button on my sidebar of my site. Uh, anyway, that's my affiliate link. And then if you use promo code GSPN for a Generally Speaking Production Network, promo code GSPN is going to get you 10% off. I hope that this news generates a ton more interest in the Vegas event this year. It's going to be awesome, and I hope to see you there. All right, I do have five questions from the voicemail feedback hotline as I shared up front. Uh, Real quickly, I'll tell you what is coming up in this episode. we got a phone interference noise question coming into your mix. Uh, Josh wants to know, do I need a pop filter for the Heil? Marshall has a question about multiple Twitter accounts for your uh, different podcasts. Daniel has a question about multiple websites or a single website for each of the podcasts on your network. And um, Jim has a question about, uh, anyway, the other question was from Daniel if I said Jim. Anyway, and then Jim has a question about no line import on an iMac. And also in this episode, I am going to tell you about my full review up to this point of the podcasts app on iOS. I know it's been out for a while. They've done a couple updates and uh, I am now completely moved over to it. I'll explain why and my thoughts so far in this episode. First, we're going to turn over to Shane, who has this question. Take it away, Shane. Hey, Cliff. This is Shane Blackshear in Austin, Texas. I am a blogger at shaneblackshear.com and have this question for the Podcast Handsome Man Show. I am recording to an audio interface with microphones, everything, straight straight into the computer, and I've had a problem recently of cell phone interference. And I guess my initial conclusion was I'll just turn my cell phone off, but the problem is sometimes I do interviews through my cell phone, um, just the kind of one of the ways that you had recommended through my through my cell phone and uh, recorded it that way um, with you know interviews and stuff like that. So uh, my question is: Is there any way to cancel out the cell phone interference? Uh, love to hear your answer, and thanks for everything you do. Bye bye. Well, Shane, thank you so much for the question. Uh, I want to clarify one thing, and I I want to. Just clarify that I don't think I've ever recommended that you use your uh, smartphone or mobile phone or iPhone or Android device uh, for doing phone interviews with your uh, for your podcast. I I do recall very clearly that I have in fact talked about the possibility of doing that and that you could use it. But I just I just want to make sure that people don't come away with the thought that I've ever recommended it because I don't. Uh, now, to answer your question, one of the things that I can tell you is that back in the original iPhone days, we had the Edge phone. And I actually still have my 4 gigabyte original iPhone uh, in a drawer right behind me. And boy, did that thing put off some interference. Now, when they came out with 3G... It actually almost completely eliminated any and all interference. Now I have an iPhone 5. It has LTE. And guess what? Interference again. I starting to hear it like when you hook it up and it's uh, right up next to your car radio and stuff like that. So I do know that the LTE model is doing the interference. Now if you happen to have an LTE phone that backs up into 3G, you can usually have a setting to go in and turn your LTE off. So try that. Um, There may even be a setting uh, to where you can turn your data off altogether because that's usually where all of that interference is coming from. It's the transfer of data happening in the background. So my recommendation first and foremost is to see if there's any way at all you can go in during, basically so that your data is completely turned off, unaccessed, while you're on a telephone. And that may solve your problem completely. 
Now, if that doesn't work, then my recommendation for you, uh, and this is a recommended thing, is that you could use um, soft or you could use Skype for your phone calls. Uh, in fact, if you're in the United States or Canada, for $2.99 a month, you can have a plan where you have unlimited calls in the U.S. and Canada and even around the country. It's it's super dirt cheap there as well. And they may even have uh, monthly plans in your country. But anyway, you can use Skype. And as long as you have good Skype conversation or Skype quality with other people who have Skype, then you should be able to have a good experience these days with Skype over the or telephone over the Skype connection as well. This used to not be the case years ago, but it is a lot better today than it ever has been in the past. And in fact, I don't even recommend people buy the big JK Audio broadcast host today. I, I almost recommend everybody start out and see if they can't good, get good telephone calls recorded via Skype. And of course, you could still record that using my Mix Minus setup. I still record things, everything that way. But uh, I know some people really like the convenience of recording in the software. I would recommend definitely having a backup if you do this. But if you do want a good uh, op- option for recording those Skype to telephone phone calls for you know at, you know dropping into your podcast and editing later, uh, you if you're on the Mac, I would recommend Ecamm's Call Recorder software. I have an affiliate link at gspn.tv slash call recorder. And if you're on the PC, you can use a program called Pamela. And I have an affiliate link at gspn.tv slash Pamela. Anyway, I hope that helps you out, Shane. Uh, Try turning off the data. If that doesn't work out, I recommend switching and transitioning over to Skype for those phone interviews. All right, next up on the uh, voicemail feedback hotline here is Josh who has a question about pop filters and the Heil. Josh, take it away. Hi, Cliff. My name is Josh, and I'm hoping to get the PR40 in the future, along with your recommendation. But I'm wondering if the pop filter is really essential to, to buying the PR40, because I heard that you could speak off-axis from the microphone and avoid the P-popping, but I also heard that that might reduce the sound quality a little bit, I don't have a PR40 on me right now, but if you could answer that question, if it's better to record off-axis and save the money or record on-axis and get a pop filter along with that. Up the good work, and thank you. All right. Well, Josh, thank you for the question. And to answer the question, my number one recommendation is to have a pop filter for the Heil. Uh, Hands down, I think that you should have a pop filter. Now, yes, you can go off-axis and talk past the high LPR-40. Now, it certainly will reduce the volume uh, of your your voice that is picked up by the microphone when you speak off-axis. Now, will it degrade the quality? Now, here I am right now. Of course, I'm using a pop filter, and it's not very easy for me to remove my pop filter, so I'm not going to. But um, here I am talking directly into the microphone, not popping my peas. But anyway, if I turn off axis and turn this way, it doesn't sound a lot different. But here I am. Again, I'm talking off axis. And here I am, pop peas, pop peas, pop peas. And then I'm on axis and I say pop peas, pop peas, pop peas. So here I am off axis and here I am on axis. I do like the sound of speaking directly into the the actual pop filter or into the microphone. Um, now, Magnus is saying, why not use a windscreen instead of a pop filter? And Magnus, that's a great question. And by the way, I have the live chat room up here as I'm recording this. Anyway, um, a windscreen is just as sufficient. And in fact, for the very for a very long time, I, I u- had Stephanie using a windscreen. Uh, you can get these big foam black windscreens. Uh, they're unfortunately they're usually about thirty dollars if you get the right one, and it's really thick. It's probably about a half an inch, maybe even three quarters of an inch thick uh, on the sides, and I would say that it's at least that thick. 
at, at the front of it, and that certainly would avoid popping your peas as well, or at least help uh, drastically. So a windscreen pop filter, doesn't matter. I would recommend both one or the other. And certainly speaking into the microphone is an option that I would prefer versus, which I'm doing right now, versus turning off axis and recording like this. So, and it's, yeah, it's not, it's not a huge deal either way. Hey, before I get into the next question from Marshall, I want to give you a podcasting A to Z course update, and it's going to go very briefly. Just want to let you know that I am so excited. I already have 14 students signed up for this next session of podcasting A to Z. It is going to start on Monday, November 26th, which is just after Thanksgiving. And the great news is that it will end before Christmas time. If you want details, you can go to podcastinga2z.com. You use uh, promo code PAM for Podcast Answer Man. Promo code PAM in the shopping cart when you click the register now button. It will save you $100. I am looking for at least six more students in the class. Judging by the emails that I received this morning and responded to, um, that will be dropped down to probably by the end of today or tomorrow. I'll be looking for at least four more students in the class. Of course, I put a limit of 30 students total. Um, Of the 14 people who are signed up, um, I've had some great conversations with um, several of those people, and I'm very excited about the just the passion of of many of the people who are going to be a part of this winter 2012 podcasting A to Z course. And um, I'll be honest with you, I'm a, I'm going to be a little starstruck when it comes to this course because, and I didn't ask for her permission to say this, although I I can't imagine she'd be upset. Uh, and hopefully I'm not wrong, but uh, Amy Porterfield, uh, who is a Facebook guru. I mean, she is one. I mean, there are two people in this world that I, I think of when I hear of Facebook. And if you want to learn more about Facebook, she's like the Facebook answer woman, if you will. Uh, but anyway, Amy Porterfield is actually going to be taking the class. And I'm uh, again, I'm a little starstruck about the fact that she'll be in there. And I may actually end up learning uh, as much from her as she learns from uh, learns from me. Although I won't be posing tons of questions to her. And if you to sign up, I encourage you not to do so either. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's going to be a great course. It's going to be a great session. It's the final podcasting A to Z session for 2012. There's still time time to sign up. The final day to sign up would be Monday, November 26th. But if you sign up today, uh, you'll get. In instant access to all the training materials and you can get a start. It'll allow you to get started early. Head over to podcastinga2z.com. Use promo code PAM in the discount or in the uh, shopping cart. All right, moving along. Marshall, tell us what your question is, my, my friend. Hi, Cliff. Marshall Stevenson calling from PCSN.tv. Had a quick question for yourself, uh, the podcast answer man. Wondering about multiple social media accounts and promotion for your podcasts. Of course, running two separate shows over at PCSN.TV. We've got uh, the Jets Hockey Podcast as well as the Drunk Hockey Show. We've actually given them both their own individual Twitter account um, to create kind of a bit of a, a following and ability to market there as well too. We also have one for the overall PCSN.TV Brand, but we actually haven't even started using that yet at all. Uh, just kind of secured it to make sure that we had it. Anyways, wondering about your thoughts, and uh, thanks for doing everything you do. Take care. All right, Marshall, thank you so much. And for those who don't know this, uh, Marshall actually happens to be a member of the Podcast Mastermind. Uh, you can learn more information about the Podcast Mastermind. It is a super exclusive organization that I lead, and you can get more details at podcastmastermind.com. But anyway, Marshall, I'd love to answer this question for you, my friend. Uh, When it comes to multiple social media accounts, and I think you were specifically targeting this question of Twitter accounts, you've got some different Twitter accounts for each of these shows that you're producing. Uh, First and foremost, the question is, is the target audience for these accounts the same? You know, is it possible that you know, if you were to look at the followers, if if all the people who were interested in 
each of the two different Twitter IDs. If they, if the, all of the people who were following one knew about the other one, um, and the content was something they were equally as interested in, would they follow that one instead if it were the only one? And if so, then the question is, why would there be two? Um, the and and vice versa. You know. It, so the question is, it, the next question is, would you be po- publishing the same content to both of those Twitter IDs? You know, are you gonna? You know, it's like, hey, just want to let you know, we just found out this late breaking news event related to such and such. Would you send that out to both of them the same? And if the if so, the question is eh, maybe. You know, now the thing is, though, are there some people who would be interested in, let's just say, the Jets hockey podcast, but they're really not interested in the alternative brand called the Drunk Hockey Hockey Podcast? You know, maybe you'll put out some, you know, more risque or something like that kind of commentary out on the Drunk Hockey Podcast Twitter ID. And so if that's the case, there is there is the potential that the target audience for those two IDs is different, and therefore you may sometimes duplicate information, but there are certainly times when there would be unique information that would go out to one but not the other. And that could be a good purpose or a reason to have a separate account for the separate show. Now, with that, with that um you know, being said, here's what I recommend for anyone who's thinking about, who's already got one social media account on Twitter or one Facebook fan page on Facebook, and you're thinking about creating a second Twitter profile or a second um, fan page for a different particular brand or podcast or whatever the case may be. My question or my suggestion and recommendation for you is to absolutely have a clearly mapped out understanding of the reason or purpose for which you are creating that account, for each of those accounts that you are creating. So ask yourself this question, self, what do I hope to accomplish with this new ID that I couldn't accomplish with the other one? What what would be the benefit of having a separate one? What would be the drawbacks of having a separate one? Think about your strategy behind doing these. And so for me to say, you know, for me to try to answer the question, should you go with one or multiple? I can't tell you the answer to that. That's going to be completely up to you. Although I will tell you that sitting down and saying, okay, well, let's just say this. I use main made this main twitter account to communicate this 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 and this this is how i use this account the next question is how would i use this second account differently is it is it a different audience is it a different um type of content those are the different things that i would be thinking about so hopefully that helps you out in your decision making uh process marshall but uh congratulations on uh, continuing to move forward and engaging your audience. The next question we're going to turn to is from Daniel. And Daniel, take it away. Hi, Cliff. It's Daniel James here from thesimpleton.com.au. At the moment, I host a weekly comedy podcast called The Simpleton that is gathering quite an audience and is going quite well. However, I'm thinking of establishing several other podcasts and indeed creating my own Simpleton Podcast Network. And my question to you is, would it be worthwhile establishing a separate webpage with a separate domain name to host that podcast network or to leave it on thesimpleton.com.au, which also acts as a blog where several contributors from around the world write in on various topics on a weekly basis. My concern is is if I leave it on thesimpleton.com.au that the new podcast, podcast will get lost in the crowd, so to speak. Um, but if you think that it's worthwhile keeping it on there, the, the page receives about 300 unique hits a day at the moment, and that's growing. Um, I'll, I'll take your advice on that. Thank you for all that you do. I've learned so much through your podcast so far, and um, I'll continue listening. And thanks again for your time. Bye. All right, Daniel, I wanted to go ahead and play your question in this episode of Podcast Answer Man, but I do want to let you know 
that I'm simply going to refer you to another episode of Podcast Answer Man because this is a question that has come up quite often and I made a point to make it easy for me to go and find this the last time I thoroughly gave an answer. Uh, So the question is, a single site or one site to rule them all? Uh, You know, in fact, that's the title of episode number 211. It was Podcast Answer Man, promoting your podcast without a promo, single site or one site to rule them all, and so much more. I just want to right here tell you, uh, Daniel, for you, just stop this episode after going to podcastanswerman.com slash 211, podcastanswerman.com slash 211. That is going to take you to that podcast episode listen to that episode, you'll get your answer there. Now, moving forward, uh, let's move on to Jim's question about having an iMac with no line import. Hello, Cliff. Jim Munchback here from Houston, Texas. I hope you're doing well. My question is this. I'm about to purchase a new iMac, well, when they ship, the new iMac 27. However, I was looking at the uh, Apple Store, and it looks like there's no line in um, for the new iMac. The old iMac has a line in as well as a headphone jack, you know, output. So I'm trying to figure out how would I run my audio gear using the uh, new iMac since there's no line in. My goal is to record interviews on Skype and have my voice go through my Heil microphone and, and also have the you know, the, the Skype go through the computer, or not through the computer, but through the mixer so that it cleans it up a bit with the gate limiter peak. So my question is very much, is just really, um, how would I do that? How would I record a Skype interview and have the computer output go through my gear and have my voice go through my Heil if I don't have a line in? Should I purchase the old iMac and just you know, then I I think I'd know what to do. But with the new iMac, I'm not sure that that's even going to be possible. So I'm hoping you can give me an answer. Have a great day and thank you very much for all your help. Jim, thank you so much for your question. And by the way, Jim's another member of the Podcast Mastermind. Uh, so again, podcastmastermind.com if you're interested in more details about that. But anyway, Jim, um, great question. I don't recommend that you uh, go ahead and purchase the, uh, you know, the existing iMac. I do recommend getting the new one. It's got a faster processor. Um, it, not because it's thinner and shinier or whatever, but it, because it will have a faster processor. It's going to last you a longer time. Uh, you know, and, and by the way, Macs are really great. They last you several years anyway. But, but still, definitely go with the newer model, even though it only has a speaker port and does not have a separate line-in port. Now, I think it, that actually may be a combo jack, so it, it could do pull double duty, but definitely not at the same time. So in response to your question, my answer is simply this, the Griffin iMic USB external sound card. It's a little tiny thing. It is made to function uh, and fully supported for the Mac. It is a great little sound card. I have one of these hooked up to my iMac right in front of me right now anyway. And in fact, uh, if you wanted to actually be able to have the ability to have a Skype conversation with a pure mix minus like I recommend and also play a sound clip at the same time in your podcast recording and you want the person on Skype to also hear the sound clip, I would have recommended that you, even if you had two ports, uh, both for input and speaker jack output on the back of your uh, existing iMac that, that's out that's already out, been out there, uh, I would recommend that you get a second USB sound card anyway, this the Griffin iMic as well, uh, just so that you can bring in the audio clips on a separate channel uh, and you can do everything else uh, via Skype. So basically what you're going to do is you're going to use the speaker port on the back of the new iMac, and that's going to bring all of your audio clips into your mixer, and you're going to set up the mix minus so that the the audio coming from that cable out of the back of the speaker port is going to go out the auxiliary output. And then you're going to use the Griffin iMic USB external sound card, and you're going to bring the audio from the speaker output of that card into your mixer 
and you're gonna take the auxiliary output from your mixer and send that into the line in port of the Griffin iMic USB sound card. And you're going to set it up so that the audio coming in from the iMic sound card is not being sent out the auxiliary output. I know that that may sound crazy, uh, but uh, trust me, it makes a lot of sense and, and it is definitely what I recommend. And in fact, uh, and Nick is in the chat room, he says, is that Griffin USB sound card for Mac only? And the answer is that to that is no, it will also work for the PC as well. Uh, so the Griffin iMic USB sound card is for both Mac and PC. And I happen to have an affiliate link for that if you go to gspn.tv slash iMic, and that's I-M-I-C. Again, that's gspn.tv slash I-M-I-C, iMic. And that, my friend, is the answer to your question. Jim, I am so excited. I know Jim just recently entered the Apple world. Uh, he started off with a Mac Mini, and he is in love with his Mac Mini. And uh, sounds to me like he's so enthralled that he would love to have that big, nice 27-inch iMac sitting on his desk as a permanent workstation. And I, I couldn't agree with more, my friend. Uh, I, you know what? I, I'm thinking that that 27-inch iMac, it's so thin. I wonder if I could get a hard shell, super hard shell, uh, with massive protection inside of it. And, and actually um, get some rollers on the bottom of a, a hard shell case with super protection. And if I couldn't just take that traveling with me. I, I, I could get so much done in a hotel uh, at night working on a 27-inch iMac. And working on a little 11-inch MacBook Air is just not the same, my friends. Let me tell you. Uh, what takes me 15 minutes to do on my 27-inch iMac takes me about 45 minutes to do on an 11 inch MacBook Air. But I think the next time I am going to take uh, my little mini display port to HDMI and an HDMI cable and uh, hook into the HDMI uh, port on the TV in the room and use that as my secondary monitor when I'm out and about in these hotel rooms. Uh, a lot of hotel rooms these days do have HD TVs and give you access to that port. so. Anyway, that's what I'm thinking. All right, moving along here. Uh, I told you that I have switched over from Pocket Casts, uh, the Pocket Casts app. And uh, Pocket Cast has been my number one most favorite podcasting app for the smartphone. In fact, I still think it's a superior podcast app to the official Apple Podcasts app. But there is something that I can do with the Podcasts app from Apple that I can't yet do from Pocket Cast. And so Pocket Cast people, if you guys are listening, I would love it if you would build this functionality in. But here's the thing, they, you know, if you go into the settings for the Apple Podcast app, you actually have to go into your settings uh, control panel and then go into podcasts. And there is something about syncing subscriptions. <clears throat> now, I told you last week that I have an iPad mini and I, want to say I am still in love with my iPad mini um, and it is still super thin. <laughs> it has not thickened any. Uh, I am still doing all the things that I, I love doing on it and I am taking it with me a lot of places. I even I even dumped my unlimited AT&T plan uh, that I had for data so that I could actually turn on my um, uh, mobile hotspot on my iPhone 5 and share data with my iPad mini because this thing does go with me whenever I know I'm going to go someplace where I'd have the opportunity to 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 take advantage of that larger screen space and to do some other things. And so I absolutely, I am thrilled to have my iPad mini. And anyway, one of the things that I, I love is that um, when you are syncing, uh, you, the, the, the podcast app, uh, if I subscribe to a podcast on the iPad mini and I then close the app and go over to my iPhone, that podcast subscription is also subscribed on my iPhone. Now, um, the other thing is, is when you subscribe to a podcast, it'll oftentimes, it'll show you all the podcasts that are available for you to stream or download. 
And if I go in and start deleting some of those, I, I notice that um, it will also delete it. Like if I start deleting some on the iPhone, when I go and log into the iPad and look, it has also deleted them there as well. Now, here's the thing. I've, I found that this, this podcast app, by the way, when it first came out, this thing was atrocious. It was absolutely horrendous. Um, it's had several updates since it's first come out. And I will tell you right now, it's good enough now that I'm pretty happy with it. Matter of fact, one of the big complaints that some people had was the, you know, the cheesy reel-to-reel, you know, they, they call it the skeuomorphic design or whatever the case may be. But anyway, um, I I actually like the reel-to-reel. Some people have some really ugly artwork for their podcast, and so I prefer to just pull the artwork up, and I actually like watching the reel-to-reel, and I like being able to just look at the reel-to-reel and see that there's more tape on one side and less tape on the other side, and it gives me an indication of how much is left in the episode. Um, you know, just a little detail like that. I actually kind of, I, I really like that, and I hope they don't take that out of the application. I know that it's crazy that they went through so much trouble to get that functionality just right, and they missed some very obvious details um, when it came to releasing this this podcast app. But hey, they are out, they are updating this. It is working pretty well. I really like the reel to reel tape, um, funk, you know, just the the design. Um, I I do want to say that I'm not completely happy with the way they handle video podcasts. For example, on Pocket Cast, if I'm subscribed to a video podcast, which uh, the two that I subscribe to are Mac Break Weekly and uh, This Week in Tech. Now, with the pod, with the Pocket Casts app, I can actually click play, and then I can close the app and go do other things, or just stick it in my pocket or whatever, and and you know, or lock the phone and just go and listen to audio only mode, or even with the application open, I can say, you know what, I don't really need to see all of this video, just transfer that to audio only. Uh, with the with the Apple Podcasts app, the, if you close the app or you lock your phone, it will stop the video playback. And also, the, it will not continue in audio only mode. That is something they must address. They absolutely need to fix this. The other thing is, because I do listen to This Week in Tech and or to view This Week in Tech and uh, Mac Break Weekly, uh, those shows have more advertisements in it than a, a television show, it seems like. I mean, it's just crazy how many ads uh, Leo will stick into his shows. And I love Leo Laporte. Let me tell you, I am a huge Leo fan. I have never missed an episode of This Week in Tech, and I... Um, rarely miss an episode of uh, Mac Break Weekly. Although I, I, I must admit, I, I really like Sarah Lane, but I, I think I like her more on iPad Today or something else. Uh, but she, she did, yeah, I, <laughs> I did skip this week's Mac Break Weekly. Um, I'm so sorry, Andy Anako, if you're listening, but, uh, but I did skip this week's Mac break weekly. Uh, but anyway, the, the thing is, is there's usually a Ford ad. There's a stamps.com ad. Uh, there's an audible ad. There's a Squarespace ad. There's what's coming up this week on tech news today. And then there's also, this is, you know, this is the other stuff that's happening. So there could be as much as six what I call ads. Now, they wouldn't call the, you know, the house. Well, actually, they do. They call them house ads. Um, so there there could be as much as five or six ads. And I um, typically use the functionality on Pocket Cast where you just tap on the right-hand side of the screen and it forwards 30 seconds forward. Now, the Podcasts app from Apple also has this forward skip 30 seconds on audio, but they have not introduced the forward skip for 30 seconds in video mode. So I really hope that they actually bring a little button where it makes it super easy while we're watching a video to skip 30 seconds ahead uh, at as many times as we need to to get past some of those advertisements. Um, uh, now, they, I will say that I have been getting over that by the fact that they do have the little, t- you know, you can 
tap on the screen and see the timeline of how much is played, how much is left, and you can drag the little dropper to, you know, if forward, you know, you can you can advance through with a swipe of the um, finger, although it's harder to get more precise in there and stuff like that. So I, I don't like having to do that, but I have put up with it. Now, here's the thing. I do love, again, that my podcast subscriptions seem to be synced pretty well between the iPhone and the iPad mini. I love the fact that, technically speaking, I should be able to start listening to um, you know, the first 30 minutes of a 48-minute uh, podcast with Dan Miller, 48 Days to the Work You Love. And I can start listening to the first 30 minutes of that on my iPad, but then need, say, hey, I need to head out of here, grab my phone, leave my iPad behind, and then as soon as I get a chance, pull up my podcast app, and it immediately starts right where I left off where I was listening on my iPad mini. Now, I've noticed there are some occasions where this doesn't, this isn't as fluid as it should be. The handoff isn't as good. Um, I do notice that sometimes if you leave the iPad up, like when it actually quote unquote, I guess maybe in in um, the, what do they call that? The, the Apple, um, what is it called? The Apple, is it iSync or whatever? Anyway, um, where it leaves the marker, I think is done when you actually minimize the app. So if you leave the app running and you just pause it, it doesn't quote unquote put that little bookmarker there. Uh, so I so I've actually done this where I've I've you know just left it on pause, opened it up in the other on the other device, hit play, and it doesn't have it. Um, whereas if I actually uh, pause it on the one device and then close the window. It doesn't necessarily have to have the application closed, but just close out of the application uh, to, to minimize it. it, puts it in the background, if you will. It kind of, it, it seems to me making the mark for, for picking up there um, and carrying on the resume mark uh, at that moment. And then if I go and do it, then most of the time it seems to work. Also, when I'm deleting episodes, um, same deal. If if I don't close the app and put it in the background or something like that, um, then it doesn't necessarily show those deleted on the other device. Whereas if I make sure that I background or close the app, then when I go to the other device, if I, I can see where it's deleted. The other thing I've noticed is that there is the ability to either uh, stream an episode or download an episode. And if you down if you're streaming on both devices, then when I delete an episode, it certainly deletes it off the other one. I have, I have not seen a situation where that's not happened. Um, however, if I have the episode downloaded on one device and stream, you know, set for streaming on the other device, number one, I've not seen the quote-unquote syncing, you know, your place in an episode. I've not seen that work yet, although I haven't done a lot of testing there. And I've noticed that if I delete it off of the device that it's usually set up for streaming, but if it's been downloaded on the other device, I'm not finding that it's deleting it off of the other device. So I think that if it's been downloaded, it overrides that. I could be wrong, but that's what I seem to be seeing playing around with it. So I just want to let you know that also when it comes to syncing up, you know, all of these different subscriptions, um, it was a little odd at first to to get it synced between the two devices, but that's because I'd been using my iPhone for so long, and I didn't have it turned on for syncing, and then I'd made some changes, and then I went over to the other one, turned them both on for syncing, and then it just seems to, it did not, anything I did on the iPad didn't affect what was going on to the stuff that I had done before I turned syncing on on the iPhone. Um, but still, overall, I got it all working, got it all synced up together, and I'm fairly happy with the situation. Now, the one thing that, um, you know, there's another option in there, download, automatically download new episodes as they're released. And I want to actually turn this on, but and, and I want to turn it on for both, but, you know, when I listen to an episode, you know, I, I need to find out, is it possible, is it possible for me to, you know, do the pause, you know, with if if the show is downloaded on both apps, is it possible for me to stop on one and pick up right in that spot on the other? I need to figure that out. 
uh, or did I just encounter, you know, did I just encounter a bug? What if I downloaded on one but not the other one? Is it still possible to do that sync? And what if I have it downloaded on both? I want it set up to where if I delete it on one device, it actually goes in and the next time I open up the app, it deletes it off the other one. Um, and I need to find out if that works. Right now, my, my impression is that that's not the functionality at this time. So I need to figure those things out. But I wanna let you know, I have switched over to podcast app, mostly because of this. So, oh, and by the way, for right now, I have uh, I have it turned off, so it's not automatically downloading each new episode of the podcasts, because I, I do know for a fact it works if everything's streaming. The other thing I'm noticing is that when it downloads an episode of a podcast, it downloads it really slow, but that could be the server of the podcasters that, that I'm using, that I'm subscribed to. So, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that that's what it is, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, anyway, the other thing is, is that, um, oh, what was I going to say? I, th- I think that's pretty much it for now. Uh, y- by the way, using the podcast app, uh, the official Apple podcast app, um, is actually help will help. It will, you know, when you're downloading or streaming an episode from the podcast, it's going to help my rankings. Uh, so, you know, I, you know, if you actually are using pocket casts, Apple has no idea that you're subscribed to my show and they have no idea that you're actually downloading or listening. But if you subscribe to my podcasts using the Apple Podcasts app, number one, I'll iTunes will know that you've subscribed, which helps my ranking. And each time you download or stream or listen to another episode of my show from the podcast app, it also helps my rankings in iTunes. And by doing by using the podcasts app from Apple on my iPhone and iPad mini, I'm helping you if I'm subscribed to your podcast in the same way. And so that's why those are the reasons why I've chosen to to switch over to the podcasts app from Apple. And by the way, this is like the third or fourth time that I've tried to make the switch. The first couple times failed miserably. This time around, though, um, I've been on it for at least four days now, and I don't see me moving back, um, even even in spite of the few little quirks that I've mentioned there. But it, it seems to be a pretty solid app at this point, and they seem to be pushing out new updates quite frequently. That, my friends, is my review. And so let me go ahead and start our final music here to wrap up our show. I do want to say that the voting for the podcast awards is wrapping up today. Today is the final day of voting for over at podcastawards.com. And by the time this is online, it probably will be too late for you if you did not vote. But uh, I did have approximately 240 or more people voting each and every day. A lot of people said thank you for creating an avenue for me to vote, to, to remind them to vote each day because they wanted to do so and uh, the reminders were good for them. I want to say that I considered it annoying to have to actually ask people to vote every day, and so did every has every single person that I have ever talked to. Everyone I know hates that voting is 15 days long. So I mean, I need to maybe see if I can't bring Todd onto the show here and see if we can't figure out why on earth 15 days is necessary uh, and and who knows maybe somebody out there will start a petition and say hey we've had enough we want less days I don't know uh, but um, anyway I'm, I'm glad that the that we're at the final day I've been pushing it every day for the 15 days we'll see on uh, January 7th at the podcast awards if it paid off if we were able to pull it off and win any of the awards for any of our gspn.tv community shows. Also, um, real quickly, I want to let you know, I have my annual Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale on my digital training products coming up this, uh, is it, it's next weekend. So there's, there's at least 10 days, or actually, no, seven, eight. There's eight days to get on my mailing list if you want details to actually be able to save a lot of money on my digital training products uh, for my Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale. It's the biggest thing I usually get. I sell a lot 
Let's put it that way. I sell a lot of digital training products during this sale. If you want to be on it, go over to podcastanswerman.com on the right-hand side. You'll see the join the mailing list option there. Get on the mailing list. You'll get the email notifying you of the Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale. Also, say want to say thank you to those of you who have used my Bluehost affiliate link to sign up for hosting through Bluehost. I get a huge, uh, nice, gigantic commission each time you do. M B N L E L S Consulting.com. I don't know how you say that, but M B N E L S Consulting.com, Roman Catholic View.com, and Hair Shears reviewed.com. I'll put links to all of those in the show notes. Again, I do not recommend or um, give any endorsement to those. I just uh, put that there as a thank you to them for signing up because like again, it is a very good financial thing for me to to be rewarded that way. So uh, again, uh, gspn.tv slash bluehost is my affiliate link. Thank you all very much. And uh, until next time, I encourage you to go to podcastinga-z.com and sign up for this final course for the year. God bless you. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye.